to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. Today's episode is from the OVS Announces channel entitled Case Effect of Autologous Serum Eye Drops on Corneal Haze After Corneal Crosslinking. I'd like to thank our host and topical editor, Dr. Mika Moy, and our topical expert, Dr. Nick Colatrella. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome to this podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing a paper that looks at autologous serum drops after corneal crosslinking. My name is Dr. Mika Moy, and our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Nick Colatrella, who is one of our newest board members for the Academy and is the owner of Pinecone Vision Center in Minnesota. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Mika. It's great to be here. Thank you for all you do for our foundation. And thank you as well for being a foundation board member and for supporting the Academy's mission of promoting the art and science of vision care through lifelong learning with your podcasts. Yeah. Well, thanks. Today, I'm so glad you're joining us. Today, we're going to talk about the effect of autologous serum eye drops on corneal haze after corneal crosslinking. And this was written by Roldan and colleagues and published in the Academy's journal, Optometry and Vision Science. So corneal crosslinking is becoming more and more common for early keratoconus patients to stabilize their conditions and hopefully slow progression. But it does have some adverse effects. So in this paper, they were looking specifically at corneal haze. Can you explain um, the corneal haze and cross-linking to us a little bit? Sure, sure. And you know, cross-linking, as we know, is a procedure that was approved in April 2016 to treat patients with progressive keratoconus and post-LASIK ectasia by increasing that corneal biomechanical stability and hopefully reducing the need for future keratoplasty. It involves the application of ophthalmic riboflavin and UVA light to the corneal uh, corneal stroma. And the classic Dresden protocol introduced in 2003 involves the removal of the corneal epithelium, followed by the application of riboflavin to the de-epithelialized cornea for 30 minutes. And then the cornea is irradiated with UVA light for another 30 minutes, all while receiving riboflavin drops every three to five minutes during the process. Now, the combination of UVA and riboflavin induces the production of free radicals, which allows for the formation of new covalent bonds in the stromal collagen, hopefully improving the biomechanical and biochemical properties of the cornea. It is proven to be a very effective treatment in most cases. However, as you have pointed out, occasionally we can run into issues, especially after epithelial removal. We know it can lead to complications of pain, persistent epithelial defects, infectious and non-infectious keratitis, stromal melting, reduced visual acuity, and of course, corneal haze. And the reason they wanted to specifically address corneal haze, it is because it is a very common complication. Up to 90%, that's right, 90% of eyes can develop corneal haze following cross-linking. It typically will peak at the one-month post-operative period and decreases significantly after the third month, but there's a lingering 9% of patients where it can last beyond a year, and then it becomes very difficult to clear. So we're looking for ways to kind of help those patients out. Okay, so that all sounds great and a little bit like torture, but I get, you know, it's worth the trouble if it works. But why did the authors think that autologous serum might help with corneal haze? 
That's a really good question. You know, it's previously been reported that autologous serum tears have been found to reduce postoperative pain and improve healing times after cross-linking. So they hypothesize that the autologous serum tears may also reduce corneal haze. It's a known fact that autologous serum has growth factors, cytokines, vitamins, and has been shown to be helpful in corneal healing in post-refractive LASIK and PRK patients. So they thought, hey, maybe it'll help this haze as well. So... Great. So how was the study designed? It was a, a retrospective study uh, done at the Mass Eye and Ear Department of Ophthalmology in Boston using corneal optical densitometry to evaluate the corneal transparency using one of my favorite instruments, the rotating shine flug device, you know, the <laughs> Oculus Pentacam. Uh, they use a grayscale to calibrate um, proprietary, that uses their proprietary software to develop a scale between zero and 100, where zero is the minimum scatter or the maximum transparency and 100 is the maximum scatter or the minimum transparency and they use these densitrometry values of backward light scatter and they measured the cornea at the baseline at one month and then at the three month intervals and patients were all from a single surgeon and they were prescribed either uh, non-preserved artificial tears or 20 percent autologous serum using Sabotis protocol uh, there were 76 eyes in the study, 44 received the autologous serum, and 32 received non-preserved artificial tears. But both groups have very similar demographics, similar keratoconus uh, profiles and severity, and uh, they broke them out that way. Okay, so this sounds like a very well-designed study. It's retrospective, but well-designed. Yeah. What were the findings? Drum roll, please. Well, you know, unfortunately, I give the author so much uh, admiration for going after this and trying it, but there was no statistical difference between the group of autologous serum and non-preserved artificial tears, meaning there's really no advantage to using autologous serum drops over artificial tears to help with patients with coronal cross-linking haze reduction. Man, wah, that stinks. Wah. <laughs> okay. I know you work a lot with amniotic membranes. Would you hypothesize that maybe an amniotic membrane might help in a situation like this? You know, it probably goes back to our bigger question of why does corneal haze even occur in the first place? And nobody really knows what the answer to that is. Uh, maybe it's these molecular bridges that are established between the collagen lamellae and the stromal's organization not occurring the way we wanted to. Maybe it's because increased keratocyte apoptosis in the corneal stroma after cross-linking. So when we look at amniotic membranes, they do have very similar properties to autologous serum, but they also differ as well, and they've been found to be protein anti-inflammatories. And really the only treatment we have for corneal haze right now is corticosteroids. So I think there is a place for amniotic membranes and I probably would at least give it a try and yeah, maybe we can design a study to kind of help with that and figure it out. So, All right. Well, there's might be hope, but autologous serum, at least we know is not the route to take. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Colatrala. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Mika. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.